Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the studios of Relate365.com in the north woods of Wisconsin on the campus of Silver Birch Ranch and Nicolay Bible Institute. And we're just hanging out, talking life. Yeah, we are. Still social distancing. That's the, I, I, I would put money on the fact that that'll probably be the word of the year. It would have to be. Is it one word or two? They'll make it one. Is it hyphenated? I don't know. Say it fast and it's one. Social distancing. Sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I, you know, I don't know. Not that it matters. No. How are you doing mentally? I mean, you and I were, were uh, do you think things differently, you think, because you're, how old are you? 34. 34. I'm 34. So I'm 30 years older than you. Yeah. So you think we, we are experiencing different things because of our age? Um, Slightly. Or maybe maybe just different perspectives. What do you think's different? Just you've had more years of going through stuff. Yeah. More wisdom. But yeah, you know, I I was just wondering. You know, if I had children that your age of kids. Oh yeah. I'd be thinking differently. That's true. Because they have to grow up in this mess. Right. My kids are already growing up in this mess. They're your age, so yeah. It's like they're already in the mess. Yeah. And and are navigating it like you are. Yeah. But the kids growing up right now. I mean, what's going to be normal for them 10 years from now? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, does it, I don't think it matters. Because I don't even know what's going to be normal six months from now. Six minutes from now. Just wait for the next newscast and things will change. Right. Um, because that's the way life goes at this point. You know, it's interesting. Though, I was thinking this morning, I was writing an old friend. Mm-hmm. And uh, this guy lives in Arizona, he and his wife. And he sent uh, Silver Birch Ranch a gift. And it, whenever I get a, a gift from an old friend that was here when we were 11, 12 years old, mm-hmm. you know, and has supported the ministry all the years in some way, yeah, um, I just begin to reminisce a little bit about yeah. how life used to be and, and the times where this place was a big old empty lot, you yeah. know, in many respects. And there's not that many that get to remember those days. And I guess when I die and a couple other people, there's not going to be anybody that remembers those days. But um, those are sweet days. We we had nothing. Yeah. And that's what I, I was reminded of this morning as I sat and wrote this friend. I thought, he reminded me of a time where, you know, my dad, when he started the place, he walked to grounds that had been abandoned. Mm-hmm. It had uh, uh, two buildings, uh, some tent cabins, uh, hardly anything, stalls, for outdoor stalls for 13 horses, I think, or seven horses. I don't remember. And... It, he didn't even have the money. He went and borrowed the down payment to get something started. So he didn't have anything. Mm-hmm. And I thought, how gutsy. Yeah. You're going to borrow money to start something that you don't even know is going to work. Mm-hmm. But she had this dream yeah. of starting a place. And now it's 50 plus years later and, and there's been so many people that have met God on these grounds. Mm-hmm. So I was reminiscing this morning. I think I think that someone my age might do that more than somebody your age at this point. Yeah. Uh, only because we have a longer time to reminisce. So there's and and not only that, we forget the complete details, so we make it up, and it's a lot better than we really experience probably. Uh, because uh, you know, as they say of us old downhill skiers, the older I am, the faster I was, um, because our memories aren't exactly what they used to be. Mm-hmm. But I sat there this morning. I thought, you know what? Would I want to go through this crisis that we're in now as a nation at your age or my age? Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought of it in the context of our last year, 
yeah. together, not just this crisis. But for those that don't know, what happened in the last year that was crazy around here? It's been an eventful time at Silver Ranch. Yeah. You know, many of you that have been listening know that we've talked about the storm uh, from last summer, and that's when we had a, what the experts call a derecho. Yeah. Uh, or what we call a big storm. Yes. <laughs> a a windy storm. <laughs> however you want to define it. Um, but it was straight line winds that came down and just um, debilitated us, for lack of a better term. You know, thousands of trees down. Uh, shut down camp at that time for 11 days, and we thought that was a big deal. Yes. Um, and now we, you know, it's a different story now, obviously, amid the stay-at-home orders across the country. Yeah. But that was, I mean, that wasn't even a year ago. That was, you know, we're talking nine months ago. Yep. Um, and so it's been an interesting year for certain. Yeah, it feels, it feels kind of like um, in football we used to call it piling on. Yeah. You tackle a guy, but just for the fun of it, you jump on the pile and squish him anyway. Right. Um, or there's it, that other phrase, when it rains, it pours. Yeah. Uh, sort of thing. However, all the way through my years in ministry, I don't know that it's for sure happening that way, but I always think disasters come one right after another. Yeah. And they tend to do that. Right. And I think it's because Satan loves to try and break us. Yeah. And he knows, I got you at the edge now, a little wind will blow you over. Right. And so I, I think in my perspective, as I was reminiscing this morning, I just thought, okay, God, I don't know that I'd want to go through this when I was younger, except for the fact that when I was younger, I was physically stronger. Right. And because of the storm, that would have been nice. Yeah. And, um, you know, and I, I just have bad shoulders now and arthritis, and I, I just don't operate as well as I used to outside as far as heavy loads. Yeah. And so I thought, well, if I were younger, I'd, I would have been able to physically go through this a little bit better. Yeah. And then I thought, but if I was younger, I would miss out on all the experience that I've had. And I don't know if I'd be doing mentally as well as I am. Mm -hmm. Because honestly, for me, even though everything seems to have changed, nothing has changed. Mm -hmm. And I keep saying that, and it's, it's more coming from a 64-year-old guy. Because what's really important in life is our relationship with God yeah, and growing and developing, and that hasn't changed. And he can do that in good times. He can do that in hard times. That hasn't changed. Right. So that hasn't changed, so that's good. However, everything else has. Yeah. And um, as I look back on it, I just thought, well, either way, I wouldn't want to go through it again. Mm -hmm. But I think if I had to go through it again, I'm thankful I'm at my age. Yeah so that I could put it in some kind of perspective, historical perspective. And then, of course, my job is to come to guys like you and put it in historical perspective so that we can see that God has been faithful through the years. Right. And, uh, you know, it, recently our ministry got out of debt completely. Yeah. Now I'm looking at that going, pretty smart move. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's so many things that fell into place to allow us to continue to operate. Mm-hmm that you have to look at it backwards now and say, wow, that's incredible, God, how you set it up so that we could survive. Yeah. And not just survive, but but do well in, in the process. So I don't know. I, I want to encourage the young people that are stressing out over what's going on that probably you'll live to be old mm -hmm. unless something happens. I know that's profound. Right. But probably you'll live to be old. And this will be another experience in your belt. Right. Uh, I say that it's an old Western term where you notch your belt when you have a gunfight. So sorry about that. But this will be another experience that you notch your belt with. Mm -hmm. And you're able to look back on this and draw strength in the future 
um, even though you can't see it right now. Right. Um, you'll be able to look back and say, no, I remember God's faithfulness during this rough time. Kind of like uh, Moses uh, going through the 10 plagues, the Red Sea. You know, I mean, it, it, God wanted people to look back in those hard times. Mm-hmm. Um, can you imagine? Imagine with me for a moment what it would be like to be one of the children of Israel and you're at the edge of the Red Sea. Mm-hmm. And Pharaoh's army is coming at you. Yeah. The most powerful army in the world. There is no possible escape, none whatsoever. What are you thinking about Moses, the leader, at that point? He's got a trust in God. He does. And the, did the people then praise Moses? Not necessarily. No, they were angry <laughs> at him. They were calling him names. They were saying, well, yeah. in fact, they said things like, did you bring us out here? Are you in cahoots with Pharaoh? Right. right. Did you bring us out here to get us wiped out? Because there is no option. Right. We would have been better off staying. Now it's going to be worse. Yeah. yeah. And we were we were good as slaves. What are you trying to free us for? You right. Know, I mean, what's interesting is they looked at a life that was very, very bad, and it started to look good to them. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, really? Yeah. Think about that. I mean, think about just that principle. How often do we look backwards and think, man, the old life before I was a believer, before I had all these regulations, uh, man, I, that was good. Right. Really? Do you remember the hopelessness? Do you remember the despair? Mm-hmm. Um, I love talking to college students and telling them, you know, God really does have a plan. Yeah. And his plan, some of it's very well known in the Bible. For example... Uh, he has a plan for marriages between one man and one woman, and you commit to that for life. Mm-hmm. That's his plan. And I, I don't know how many times someone has said, well, that's not really really what happens. No, but that's the plan. That's really the plan. Mm-hmm. And when you don't do the plan, you're going to um, be sorry because God made it to work a certain way. And if you don't do it that way, what happens is a lot of people look and say, well, I don't have the freedom somebody else does. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like what they were doing the children of Israel. I, I, when I was a slave, yeah, it looked pretty good. When, when I was a, you know, when we look back on our lives, say, when I was a slave to me, I had it pretty good. I could do whatever I wanted. Yeah. Uh, no, that if you remember correctly, it wasn't all that good. So the people then, I love Moses, and I'm going to translate here. I mean, I, I, that's not the passage we're going to talk about, but <laughs> I, I want to translate here because basically he said this to the people. He said, when, so Pharaoh's army's coming, yeah, and they're pinned against there, and all the people are screaming at Moses saying, you know, you're a bad guy. And, and he says to them something that I would love to say as a leader to a group of people someday. He said, take a look at them. Mm-hmm. In other words, for me, if I were doing it, I'd say, look at the problem. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody at that point would look back at them and go, we know. We know what the problem is. We, we know what the problem is. We're going to die. Yeah. We know that problem. And then he says something more profound. He says, because after today, you'll never see him again. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine the silence that might have went over the crowd? Yeah. And the faith it took for Moses to say that? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's the only one. Yeah. And he tells him to look at the problem. And then he says, this problem is not too big for God. Mm-hmm. Let's go across the Red Sea, shall we? Yeah. 
Can you imagine then the people sitting there watching the sea get parted mm-hmm. and thinking, Ew. aren't these the same people that's just already saw the plagues? Yeah. Yeah, they did. Don't you think they should have had an ounce of faith? Something. Maybe half an ounce? <laughs> <laughs> I, I wonder sometimes as I look at those of us that are believers today and wonder, don't you have an ounce of faith? Mm-hmm. Just a little? Don't don't you believe that God can work through adversity? Right. Don't you think he shows himself clearer? Because the Red Sea is always looked back upon now as one of the clearest demonstrations of the power and the love and the provision of God. Mm-hmm. So don't you think he can take what looks like a crisis and turn it into that moment mm-hmm. where you will never forget it for a good reason. Right. And as we look at this passage, if we look at Psalm 106 here in a minute, it, it's like, you know what? We need to look at the crisis we're in today, the COVID-19 thing mm-hmm. and say, okay, you know, my business is shut down. I can't plan. I can't do this. And, we can go on and on about the, the struggles that we're all involved in because nobody is escaping this. This is going to everybody. Right. But could it be that we need to look at what God can do through it rather than look at what it is? Absolutely. Yep. And that's what I would encourage your generation to do is, is to start getting in the habit because these things come in bunches. Uh, we had the storm. We had our parking garage get wiped out by a heavy snow. Mm-hmm. Then we have COVID-19. This happened one right after the other. Mm -hmm. We really haven't had a chance to recover yet. Right. From anything. (laughs) Really. Oh, yeah. You walk around outside. uh, My wife and I went for a walk the other day in the woods, and I thought, this place is a disaster. (laughs) I thought the same thing when I went up by our climbing wall the other day. I'm like, wow. Hmm. Yeah, this is a disaster. <laughs> and how, it, this happened six months ago, didn't it? Oh, longer than that now. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah. my goodness, I am still not over what happened. I right. still feel small. Well, even even as I walked to our studio today, I was looking around camp, and we're in the ugly stage, as I yes, call it. Yes, we are. Because, and, and it's accentuated because, like, the snow's gone, but it's still, like, no growth yet. Yep. And so you look around, and you still see, you know, the the – the leftover, for lack of better term, devastation of where trees used to be, you know? I mean, it's cleaned up, but it still looks like, if you've ever cleaned up from like trees going down, like you could only pretty it up so much in the right. short term. And right. so you're looking around, it's like, man, wow, this looks barren almost. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that, but that was the storm and we weathered yeah. it. So do you feel powerful when you look at all this destruction? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I certainly don't. <laughs> I look at it and I go, I'm a nobody. You know what this wind did? It wiped out. It could wipe out everything in about 20 minutes. Well, and, that, and, that's, the, and that's the thing is how quickly things can change. And it, I think we've seen that even with this virus is how quickly things can change. So is that a bad thing to know? Not necessarily. No, I just said as an old guy, one of the things that I am more convinced of than ever is that the important things in life have not changed. Right, right. During the storm, they didn't change. And we did some videos back then. And uh, people can go to uh, Silver Birch Ranch. There's a YouTube channel. And go subscribe to that if you want. And and those videos basically were 
kind of they kind of journal what happened during that time period. Mm-hmm. And you know, basically, what we kept saying was, you know, I know that everything's changed. I know that. I mean, if every day, by the way, I'm reminded that I go home, and you've been in my house. I I live at the edge of the national forest, mm-hmm. but now it looks like I live at the edge of the national prairie, and there's a big open spot in the back because yeah. of that. So I'm reminded every day that things have changed that do change, but the thing that doesn't change is what I'm drawn to, mm-hmm. and that's only God. Yeah. And the more that we can do that, the more that you can do that and I can do that, the more stability we can offer to a nation that's hurting right now. Mm-hmm. If you're struggling and you're listening today and you're struggling to trust God, spend some time getting to know him. Right. Because if you get to know him and you start to remember his faithfulness, you might say, I can't remember anything in the past where God was faithful. Oh, my friend, you you need to go sit for a while by yourself and look backwards and start looking at things differently. Mm-hmm. Because you and I, according to God, are alive because God gives us breath. Mm-hmm. We came into this world because he created us in our mother's womb. So you start making all this an accident and you start removing the joy of life and the stability that's in life. If people are the only stability in life, we lose. Right. Because there's no stability in this life, in the people that are in this life. There's only stability in God. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, this is something that's very important. Let me get into Psalm 106. And what I would encourage is our listeners to go to Psalm 100, 106. Is it 106, 106, or the 106th Psalm? All of the above. I used to wonder, because someone corrected me years ago, and I said 106. They said it's 106. Not 106? Oh, I don't know. It's but, preference. Potato, potato. I, tomato, tomato. Except did, nobody did ever ra- says potato or tomato. So, yeah, so why is that saying even around? You're the people, let me ask you, it's your generation that came up with that saying. So why why is that saying say that if nobody says it? Because we're brilliant. And we just want to show a very concrete way on how people can do things differently. So you can say potato or potato. You're just trying to be hep. I, I, I don't have to try. <laughs> Psalm 106, 106, the 106th Psalm, (laughs) it says this, praise the Lord, really, there's an exclamation point after that, it starts just saying praise the Lord, can you actually praise the Lord in every situation? Yes. Okay, when I go back immediately, my brain goes back to Job, here's a guy, had everything, but he didn't put his trust in his business. Mm-hmm. He didn't put his trust in his family. Right. He didn't put his trust in his wife, which was, in that case, pretty good. Mm-hmm. Sorry. But <laughs> he put his trust in God. Yeah. And really, the whole universe was kind of on the edge of their seat watching how he responded to God because this was a test case in many respects. Does man actually love God regardless of the circumstances of life? Mm-hmm. You know, and the question I could ask you, would you love your wife regardless of the circumstances of life? I would hope so. I would too. And that comes from a decision that you're going to. Right. And would you love your children regardless of the circumstances of life? Yeah. I don't think there's one thing either one of my children could do to make me not love them. Mm-hmm. I might be disappointed. I might be sad. But it's not going to change that dad loves them. 
that that just is never going to change. It starts off saying, praise the Lord. Now, this whole chapter, if you read it, and I hope you do, um, has some real deep thoughts in it. It gives you two reasons, by the way, to thank the Lord. So I want to ask those that are listening, and, and you, Jason, if these are two reasons you think about often, because if you do, you'll probably thank the Lord. It says, oh, give thanks to the Lord, number one, for he is good. Number two, his steadfast love endures forever. Mm-hmm. So two things, two reasons why you need to thank God, no matter what the situation is. You know, the first, obviously, is he's good. What, what does the Bible mean when it says good? Because good's a kind of a relative term. <laughs> I would say it's probably one of the most loaded statements. I know. Because I think as, as finite humans, we, have, we try to think we have an idea of what that means. Right. Even when we say God is good, you know, there's the, that phrase that your generation came up with, God is good. Yes. All uh, the time. Yeah. All the time. God is good, yeah. You know, and it, it becomes second nature, but I, I feel like there's a lot in there because even, you, we would say, even am- amongst this COVID-19, we'd say... God is good. God is good. So, right. what, you know, I think that's a valid thing to, you, to look at. Okay, here's the problem with good. I mean, we've talked about it before, but the problem with good is that it always needs a comparison. Right. So, if I'm good at basketball, I am talking about playing basketball against your youngest son and yep. I'm, and I'm good. <laughs> My youngest son is two. Yes. For those listening. Yeah. But he drives a, a, a car pretty cool. A little, I know. Car. I, I don't understand how he drives so he's, well. He's going to he, be a NASCAR guy when he gets he older. He picks things up pretty quickly. So he might beat me in basketball. So I might have to pick somebody else. But anyway, I should be good if I play him. Yeah. If I played against uh, Michael Jordan, even at his age now, I think I would be bad at basketball. So the word good doesn't have a whole lot of meaning to it. Uh, because you have to have a comparison. When when this says, oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, what it really is saying is he's right. Mm-hmm. He's right. Um, and what we do is we thank God because he's the standard. I mean, we can know what's right. It, during this COVID-19 thing, you and I are in administration here at Silverberg Trans, right? Yep. What what are we what are we asking for so we can open? Answers. Exactly. Yeah, all we want to do is do things right. We long for rightness. That's right. So we want to know, you know, when can we open? What are the rules for opening? Mm -hmm. All we want to do is know what's right. And when we don't know what's right, when each man does what's right in their own eyes, not good. Mm -hmm. Because now you don't have any right anymore. Yeah. Uh, There are people who, during spring break this year, we're down in Florida saying, we're right. We're partying. It's good. Mm -hmm. They came down with COVID and prove they were wrong yeah you know but at the moment they thought they were right and what they're doing there are people protesting the government they think they're right there's people listening to the government they think they're right let me one of the things all of us need to grasp is there is really a right in this world there's not that many things that are absolute but god is Mm -hmm. in fact he's the only one that is so he's always right and when you think about that he he doesn't have a perspective. He doesn't have an opinion. He's always right. That's something you could give thanks to because right now in this uncertain world, finances, uncertain. Yep. Health, uncertain. Yeah. Jobs, uncertain. Ministries, uncertain. I mean, fill in the blank, uncertain. I went to town the other day to get food and I had a low tire on my car. I just bought new tires and one of them was low in air. Hmm. How uncertain can life be? 
<laughs> I mean, honestly, I got new tires so this wouldn't happen. Right, right. And one of them's low. I'm thinking, really? Don't you understand? We had a storm. We had a building fall. We have COVID. And I got a low tire. And you had a log on your house. I, I did. It cracked the on house. a tree. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, when you look at it, you go, you know what my heart longs for? Is somebody that I can trust is right. Mm-hmm. And I could pretend that I am. That would make me miserable. Mm-hmm. Because then I have to defend everything I say, everything I do, and that that, that doesn't work. Um, in fact, that sometimes I think my wife looks at me and wonders where I came from. Um, the other night we were playing video over over however you do that. We were playing a game with our daughter in Milwaukee, but it was over video, face chat or <laughs> <laughs> whatever. <laughs> You're epitomizing your 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 boomer. Your, I'm your a boomer. Your boomerness yeah, at the okay, moment. Very good. Well, whatever it was, and so. I was eating these pretzel sticks, and I put them in my upper lip like I had fangs and was looking at her over the thing. And That's good. I know. But but my wife's just looking at me like, who are you, and what gets into you at times? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going stir crazy. I need my kids around so I could do silly things at times. However, one of the, the things that I think every human being longs for is is being around someone who's right all the time, and not only right. But the second part of this, who has steadfast love, and it will never change. Mm-hmm. In other words, God is right all the time, and whatever he does on my behalf is because he loves me. Mm-hmm. That's something that causes us to praise the Lord. We're not praising the Lord necessarily for COVID-19. Mm-hmm. We're not necessarily saying, oh, thank you, I'm sick, I have cancer. It, that's not what we do. But we're praising the Lord because he's right, and his rightness is geared toward those he loves, and it will never change. Mm-hmm. So when we can't see what's going to go happening to us in the future, we can't see it. The thing that we can do is relax and enjoy the future. And by the way, go to Hebrews chapter 11. We wouldn't be the first people in the world to not know what's going on in the future. Hebrews 11 had people like um, Noah in it. Mm-hmm. Okay. God tells him it's going to rain. There's going to be a day where everything changes on the earth, Noah. A day. Just yeah. like COVID-19. There's going to be a day. Everything yep. changes. So, Noah, I'm, you're one of mine. Let's build an ark. Uh, God has a way of taking his people during the most um, damaging times and making it turn around to be something that's positive in their lives. And I want to encourage you, if you're in God's family, To start enjoying the fact that God is good or right and start enjoying the fact that what he does is something that's on your behalf good and right. He'll always make decisions on what's best for you, even if you don't like those decisions. So enjoy God, and we'll talk more about the psalm in our next broadcast. Yeah, it always takes us at least two broadcasts to get through a passage of Scripture because we talk too much. <laughs> yes, we do. I, I know what that's aimed at, Jason. Uh, I'm just teasing. I'm just poking the bear. You are. But no, we, we get into good discussions. And so I encourage you, if you missed part of this episode or if you want to catch up, because uh, we previously covered the Psalms before Psalm 106. 
Um, so we're kind of on a, a marathon of Psalms. We are. So you can head over to relate365.com and um, head over to the younger, older, older section podcast, and you can listen to those episodes or even pick and choose at other ones. There's over 200 episodes now that you can listen to. Um, but we thank you for joining us. We thank you for hanging out with us. If you ever have any questions, feel free to reach out, but continue to take advantage of this opportunity. And this is Jason and Dave here on Younger and Older. We will see you here next time. Take care. Bye-bye.